Quindell Johnson. He's the best playmaker on this defense. DJ hey, Castro, go crazy. Yo, what is up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from Mother Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. And guys, we got a good one tonight. We got episode 11 titled Finish Where You Start because we got Memphis football star Quindell Johnson joining us. And I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to it because it's my night. We get to talk Tiger football. So guys, help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week. Our man, Memphis football star Quindell Johnson. Quindell, what is good, my man? How are you tonight? I'm good. I appreciate y'all for having me on the show. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on the show. Before we get into your story, I got to know the go-to song. When you're going to go out on the field, you're in the tunnel in that badass locker room y'all got, what's in the AirPods, what's on the beach, what are we listening to? And so really, it's like I have a, a, a rapper. He's from He's from the city where I'm from, and uh, his name is, is Kenny Brother, but his real name is Brian Anderson. So I actually, like, just listen to his songs, you know, because he he's one of my uh, fan favorites, especially from the city. So um, I kind of listen to most of his songs, get hyped off his songs, and, man, I, I just get ready to go. But when we, like, when we in that locker room and I had that downtime, that's what I, that's what I listen to for sure. Absolutely. But, you know, we have our music going on, but when I'm like then, that's the that's the person I listen to for sure. Absolutely. As a, as a kid from Memphis, we all obviously we got our own. We support the local rappers ourselves. So we appreciate that you rep somebody from your city. I got to ask you, Quindell, one more question. Are you a, a sports movie guy? For the most part, I, I'm really an action guy. I can I can do sports movie, but I'm really more of an action guy. I tell you that much. I got to put this one on you, though, since it's a sports podcast. If you're going to sit down and watch only one sports movie, what is it? Ooh, it's hard. Ooh. Can I tell you a story real quick while you're thinking about it? Yeah. We, we did this sports, and, uh, and I, I picked love and basketball, and these fools, like, mock me for it, man. I need you to help me <laughs> that, out. That was like your first-round draft pick in a mock Brad, draft. <laughs> it, was a, it was, okay, it was like It wasn't, but yeah, it, yeah, but it was too early. You took it off the board too early. So I, I really, you know, it's crazy. I really have a, like maybe three, my top three for sure. Yeah, with them. I don't have, I don't have an order, but I have Hurricane Season for sure, um, The Water Boy, <laughs> and Coach Carter. Yeah. So you, so you're filling that jersey uh, off over yeah, my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into that then. You know, for people who would wonder why Water Boy, you know, tell us where you're from. From New Orleans, Louisiana. All right. And so, you know, one of the first things, man, you know, studying you up, looking, looking at things, you know, your twin brother always comes up. If if you Google and research you, that's what comes up. And so. You know, growing up, I got to know, in that household, man, you got an a athletic twin brother. You know, were y'all best friends or was everything a competition? 
We was best friends for sure, man. Like, we did everything together. Football, basketball, baseball. We didn't do all the sports, but every sport we did, we then that did it together. So uh, we was also competitive, too. We had our competitive um, days, and I think that's why, like, we so competitive. Like, I'm so competitive when I play because we, when we was younger, we was going at it. We brothers, so I want to win. He want to win, so... If I feel like he cheating, I'm gonna say something. He feel like I'm cheating, he gonna say something. And we had our days where you know we we brothers, so we we had a little fights here and there. Um, Dad had to break it up. Well, he ain't really break it up as much because we boys, so he wanted us to fight. But mama, she didn't play. But uh, we was competitive for sure. I tell you that much. Especially going against each other, we was we was competitive growing up, and uh, that did mold us to be competitive on a on the court field, whatever we was playing. Yeah, absolutely. Iron sharpens iron, no doubt. And so with that, though, man, both y'all being athletes, you know, whether it was your parents or, you know, other family members, you know, do you got some athletes in your family that, you know, obviously passed down those genes to y'all? Uh, it's crazy because a lot of people don't – a lot of my family members don't play uh, sports. I have a lot of female uh, cousins and uncles – well, not home. I have a lot of female cousins and everything like that. But um, my grandpa, he pro- he passed way before I was born, and uh, my mom always tell me I got my height from him. So I don't know if he played sports when he was he was younger, but she definitely tell me I I got the height from him uh, because I'm the tallest in my family, and for the most part, me and my brother. Uh, we we the ones that that do it all in the family. Yeah, it's a it's a rare thing, Quindell. Man, we have guys and girls come on here, and their brother, their sister, their uncle, their dad, their grandfather played in the NFL, NBA, and it's like, man, y'all share some of them genetics. Like my parents didn't pass me down nothing. So it's, it's you know it's kind of cool, even though it is cool when you have an athletic family. But to know that you know y'all grinded and worked, and it wasn't just you know gifted to you, so right. to speak. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, being that you are from New Orleans, I got to know, you see the jersey behind me. You a Saints fan? Yeah, I'm a Saints fan, but my favorite team is – so you got to bet them, don't, don't judge me. My favorite team is – I'm a Commanders fan. I was – we was the Redskins in the football team. I was the Commanders, so, yeah. Look, I'm, DB's I'm, logging back off. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, don't, don't judge me, but I am a Saints fan, so I always root for the home team. All right. Well, the reason I asked that is I was just curious, man. Who who was your favorite player, man? You know, coming up, you always you always have athletes that you, you pay attention to. You want to emulate, you know, who from the Saints squad, you know, at any point growing up was, was your guy? You know, it's crazy. I'll be honest. I didn't never have. I didn't have a a favorite player on the Saints team. My favorite player was actually Michael Vick growing up, and that's who I my my game after growing up. Like I wanted his number. I want to play the same position as him. So growing up, like I really, I really didn't have a, a favorite player on the Saints, and Michael Vick was my inspiration growing up. So that was that's like it's not crazy, but you know it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, no doubt. Can't go wrong with Michael Vick. Michael, we're so old that Michael Vick, man, we were using him on Virginia Tech playing uh, NCAA football back in the day. That, that's that's when Michael Vick was our dude. You was cheating if you picked Virginia Tech to play the game because you couldn't stop Michael Vick. It was impossible. Big facts. 
<laughs> so at what age did you jump into football? You talked about playing all those different sports, but when did uh when did football start? Was it real early? Yeah, it was early. My dad actually um got us going early at four years old. Um they really didn't have an age for an age group for our for our age. So we kind of had to play with the five, six year olds for a couple of years. And uh after that, it just it just went up from there. So we 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 started early. He got us in there early, started early, got us going, um, getting our feet in there, and it helped for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, you grow up in Louisiana, which is just so talent-rich. It's no different than I've seen a graphic, and, you know, you know as a DB, you know, they were talking about Devontae Smith, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb, and, and I had pointed out to everybody that all four of those guys are from Louisiana. If you just look at the amount of players that come up and no matter what college they go to, but they come from the state of Louisiana. I mean, it is just a talent-rich area, man. And so with that, I got to ask, like, because, um, you know, Randy's going to get into high school with you, but at the at the youth league age, like, is it already highly competitive like that? Is it already just athletes everywhere? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Like, me growing up, I played with a I play with a lot of athletes, man. And down in New Orleans, it get, it get real competitive, man. You got to play the best of the best. And, and growing up, I did that. I played the best of the best in almost every league. And um, maybe, uh, i say 10, 11. It's either 10, 11, 11, 12. Uh, my dad actually, he, we had a team, and we went to Baton Rouge instead of playing in New Orleans. We actually went to Baton Rouge. And we played in the Baton Rouge League a couple of, for a couple of years. And we actually, we wanted our second year and but our first year, you know, we was kind of good. We went like six and six. I played Dylan Moses for the first time. And uh I would tell you one thing, that that kid was huge at this age. Like uh he ran he ran that ball all over us. He didn't and look he slung me a, a little bit. So I, I still remember that, but I don't still, believe it. <laughs> so, I, look, they had they had they actually had a YouTube video. I don't think they have it on there no more, but so you'll see. Look, you know, you, 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 you made them take it down. Huh? You made them take it down. Nah, hey, I'm glad you. Hey, I'm glad they weren't filming things back when we were playing, Randy. There'd be so many bad highlights of me, man. I'd be exposed. I um, I wouldn't ever be on them because I was on the sideline. <laughs> But you you know you can you can hear it in in the your accent and you said you're from New Orleans right you talked about Baton Rouge but tell everybody that doesn't know what high school did you go to? I went to the Great Edna Carr High School. The Great Edna, a lot of talent coming out of Edna Carr and a lot of success, especially while you were there. Uh, Three year varsity performer for head coach Bryce Brown helped lead the Cougars to back to back Louisiana High School Athletic Association for, Class Four A state championships. The two title teams combined to go 29 and 1 in yes, sir. 2016, 14 and 0 record. 2017 went 15 and 1. Also went to the 2015 state championship and came up a little short. So let me ask you something. What do you think about more? The two chips or the one you lost? Mm, the one I lost because uh I was so it's a it's a backstory. So I was playing, I started playing. That was my sophomore year, and I started playing. Like more and more as the season went on, but I really ain't playing a in a state championship game, and that's why y'all lost. I was I was I was hurting a little bit because you know I played I played a little bit, but I didn't play as much as I thought I was. So 
I was, you know, I was hurt in the inside. So that next year, you know, I had to, I had to really focus and and make a statement. And and I gotta ask you. So obviously, you talked about your personal. You making a statement. How hungry did it make you guys as a team to get that bitter taste out of your mouth? And did you, could you guys feel a run coming the next two years? I'm not saying you saw the success you had because that's kind of unprecedented. But could you kind of feel it about to turn? Oh, for sure. Um, going into actually, you know, going into our little springtime. You know, high school is a little different. So the workout times and everything, how we work out, is, is way different. So. Going into like the springtime, we started working out. You can you can sense that that energy that you know we trying to chase we trying to ch uh, chase a championship, and you feel you felt that through the whole locker room. And I felt like everybody was was locked in. Everybody was focused on that one goal because it's hard it's hard to win state championships in New Orleans. It's hard because you have all that talent. So we had to separate ourselves every year. Every year is a, a new goal, and we had to separate ourselves. And that was one of the hardest things to do, like, just to stay focused, not be complacent. Being complacent was, like, well, not being complacent was one of our biggest things, like, to focus on. Because complacency, you know, that can, that can kill a whole deal. So that was our whole thing, just keep going, keep grinding, and not be complacent. And that whole thing shifted from my junior year and then it also shifted even more my senior year because my senior year, I know I want to go out with a bang. So I had uh, I had guys with me uh, in my class that, you know, we always leading and they had they we all helped each other out. We got the team, the team right and everything. And the, the team chemistry was, was just that those those last two years. And I and I thought it was it was good for us and the the process that we was making and well, Coach Coach Bryce had for us and how he challenged us because if he ain't challenged us the way he did, I don't think we we win those two uh, state championships back to back. No, absolutely. So you know, you mentioned it. You do win the two back to back junior and senior year titles. Which one of those is your favorite? You like one over the other? I actually, I actually love my my junior year one better than my senior one. Y'all didn't lose a game. <laughs> that and like it was just we had a. We had a, a great team. Like the team was was different, and like I don't know, we were just, we were just different my junior year. And I I just I just love that I just love that season that we had, man. Just from start to start to finish, like that was a season to remember. And like I don't, and coming we, off the loss season, it had to feel better losing in right. the championship. Right. So you know that that grind from the summertime. Till you know the end of December, it was it was a, a great feeling, and then it was my first my first championship as well. So, you know that felt even better. No, absolutely. So you talked about which one you liked better, but which one did you feel like you performed the best on the field, junior or senior year? I played, you know, I played well both. I played well both games too. So it's, it was real hard. I contributed a lot. Uh, my junior year, I would I would say my junior year one because the team that we played and uh, the safety role was real big in that game, and I just played my part and and did my job and I had what eight tackles, uh, tackle for loss, something like that. So I played I played my butt off my junior year. So 
Uh, I think I, I would say my junior one because of the road I had to play in the team we played as well. That team we played uh, 2017, Neville, that was a that was a hard team, and and Neville always had great players come from from that school, and it was always a a good powerhouse uh, in the foyer. So just going against them, going against that talent, it was it was good, and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. So speaking of talent, uh, I read that you was a uh, played a little hoops down there at Nakar too, man. You a hooper? Oh uh, yeah, 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 I I hoop, I hoop for sure. Okay, now you in a you in a city that hoops too, man. You still hoop now? So I, I hoop here and there, you know, uh, I come out of retirement uh, here and there. Uh, I kind of played a little bit in the springtime, went to the right. You know, everybody, after we work out and everything, you know, go in there, get a little extra, little conditioning in or whatnot. But, you know, you, know, you be in there bodying up the basketball team? Yeah, they don't need to be in there. I don't think. <laughs> That. I don't think he want them in there. So uh, they, they they better not be in there. They don't, they don't better, be in there. Better not. If they if they are in there, they probably just watching or whatnot. But you usually don't see them in there. But uh, for me, man, football and basketball ended up being my two favorite sports. Man, I love I love football and I love basketball. Like I I can't get away from basketball. If I see a basketball, I probably go on shoes. So. Me just going to the wreck and playing like that's another happy space for me because it's something I, it's something I love to do. Even if I'm a little rusty, you know, I still got a little game with me. So I still I still love to play. I'm passionate. I'm passionate about it, even though it, it's pickup. Like I'm playing hard defense. Like I'm a real defensive player, so I play hard defense. I'm still talking, doing everything I would do if I was in a real game. So. Uh, that love that I still have for basketball, man, is unconditionally. So um, once I get a chance, like if I ever, you know, get a chance on my free time, I, you know, play a little pickup game or whatnot. I watch how I play and everything because, you know, I ain't trying to hurt myself. But, um, you know, if I do get a chance to play, I'll play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I, I like hooping too. I don't I don't want to play against, like, real athletes though, Quindell. So I ain't coming down to the wreck. But let me ask you, at what point, in at high school, did colleges start approaching you about coming to their school? My so a little bit after my sophomore year. So my first actual football offer was from Jackson State, and it kind of Jackson State was a little bit different because I don't think they really give uh, uh, athletic scholarships. I know it's mostly academic, so um, that was kind of my first offer. And then once that one came, then Nichols came. And then ULL came, and then schools, by my junior year, schools started approaching me. Like, going into my junior year, uh, I went to a couple camps. I wasn't really a camp guy, but going into my junior year, and once I started playing, that's when I started getting more and more offers, and they started coming. And that's when I started my recruiting process. No, absolutely. So what? So you talked about some of the offers that came to you, but when you really start – thinking about where you're going to go, what were your other top options other than Memphis? Uh, so I didn't, I, don't, I ain't really have that many options. It was either Memphis, Tulane, or, or Houston, because I, I ain't really get get too many big offers. Uh, Mississippi State wanted to offer me, but they told me they wanted me to go to their camp for them to offer me. And I really, I really ain't care for it. So I told my dad, like, nah, 
I'm not even gonna worry about it because I really wasn't a big camp guy, so yeah, I wouldn't even worry about it. But either Houston, Houston, Tulane, or Memphis, you know, was kind of my go-to's at that moment. Uh, I had a couple of HBCUs. I was kind of on the edge of going to HBCU because I never, you know, I don't mind going to one. Uh, and plus the the school I went to as well, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed. But just uh, throughout that process. I had Coach Yak, he was here at Memphis at the time. He was a New Orleans guy as well. So it was like, okay, I have someone from New Orleans that, are, you know, that's up there that take care of me. We can relate. So uh, that's when I started drifting more, keeping contacting with them, <clears throat> also with the, the head coach. Uh, Coach Novell at the time and, and also Coach Ball. So we kind of had a relationship. And once, you know, that time came, uh, started more and more leading towards Memphis. Uh, then I was like, Tulane was on me hard as well. So it was hard for me to tell him I don't want to go to Tulane anymore. Like I made my decision or whatnot. But I had to make that, I had to tell him that, break the news to the recruiting uh, coach that was recruiting, and then I just I, I made my decision from that, and I wanted to come to Memphis. Absolutely. Let me ask you. You talked about Jackson State. Was was prime time down there when he when they were trying to get you to come there? No. Oh no. man, Quindell, Quindell. I don't I, not. I'm not gonna ask you then. I'm not gonna ask if you would have went there if prime was there. Then I won't say that. I don't. I don't you know, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know. It'll, I know a lot of people would say they're probably going to prime time. I don't. I, I mean, know. you are a defensive back after all. I mean, right. I, 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 I would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who didn't want to be prime? But You're right. Absolutely. I got to ask you one more question before I turn you over to DB, and he starts talking about the, the Memphis thing. So, obviously, I've been to New Orleans a, a million times. Jim's been to New Orleans a bunch of times. You say it because we say it weirder. We don't say it cool like you do. But what's the biggest difference between Memphis and New Orleans? And I'm not just talking about food. I mean, culture, I, I, there are some similarities in my opinion, but what's the biggest difference in your mind? Uh, it's, I would say like the environment, uh, you know, uh, New Orleans is a, is a little bigger than Memphis. You know, Memphis is like a one big old circle. When you go to New Orleans, you know, you have one side and then you have a, another side of New Orleans. So that's that's probably, you know, the biggest difference for me. You know, obviously the, the food is different. Obviously the culture is different. Um, but just the, the environment for sure, I feel like, the, you know, the biggest difference. No, absolutely. So I got you talked about why Memphis and you had those connections. But what was it like committing to Memphis with your twin brother? It was it was it was amazing, man, just to because I, I didn't think we was going be together after high school, you know, I was prepared for us to go our separate ways after high school. But, uh, you know, once they, they allowed him to, to come with me, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, another opportunity to be with my brother again for the next four years, uh, continue to be around each other, have fun while, while we had it before, you know, we actually split and, and have our, our own lives. But, it was it was amazing. It was a blessing too, for not just only me but for my parents, so they don't have to keep going and, and traveling, you know, to different schools just to to see us. They just come to one one school, not that far from the house. So it was good. 
So, Quindell, you, you decide to pack it up. You, you head to Memphis. Is there any nervousness or is it all eagerness and excitement to get there and actually get going? Both. I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Coming to a new city, probably going to meet a lot of new people. But then again, I still had my brother. So it wasn't like I was alone. Uh, just coming here, you know, I, I really, like I, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. So I was nervous, but I was also excited as well because this is a, a new chapter of my life. Uh, another chance to to play football, to showcase my talent, and all things and all things like that. So, man, it was I was, it was nervous, but I was also excited, and I didn't really have too much worries because I had my brother with me. So that that first year, you obviously you get redshirted. At at what point in the first year do you find out that you're gonna redshirt? Was it early on, or was it something known like, hey? You know, there's not many true freshmen at this position that are gonna that are gonna be eligible to play, or was it something that you know you got hurt, or just down the line, coaching staff got you together and you decided that you wanted to sit out one. I kind of knew early on uh, because we had when I came in, I wasn't really big. Uh, came in at 176 uh, throughout the summer. I probably gained about. Uh, six, seven pounds after the summer ended. So, and then the guys that we had, they were they were bigger than me. So I was like, sucks. I mean, by my body wise, I wasn't ready yet. So I knew early on that I was gonna red shirt, and I accept I accepted that. Like, okay, there's nothing wrong with with red shirting. At first, when I found out that I was red shirting, I wasn't, I wasn't too mad. Like I understood why I was getting red shirted. So um, I took that and throughout practice throughout the year, my, my freshman year, I actually like took advantage of being on scout team. I, I took advantage of being on scout team and I accepted that role of being on scout team and I knew that I was going with I was going against the ones. I was going against Tony Powell. I was going against uh Patrick Taylor, Daryl Henderson. Paint like, drops everywhere. Come there on now. So, Those guys are okay. <laughs> so I'm going, so I'm going against I'm going against them. So I'm like, I might as well just get, you know, perfect my craft, get better while I'm giving them a look. And you know, I, I, I was gonna ask, like, what what was the takeaway? Cause you know, they're you know. The casual fan can look at a red shirt and go, oh, that's a bad thing. But, you know, obviously you're looking at it from, you know, the perspective of a player and, and that lens is way different. And obviously the takeaway there is you're getting to play against pro prospects every single right. day. Right. And you're going right. against the ones, you're going against the looks, you're going against the best sets, you're going against all the best, man. And it, and it looks like, you know, with all that being said, you were able to bounce back the next year and really what is is your your freshman season. You appear mm -hmm. in, four, in, in 14 games, 58 tackles, three and a half for loss, two interceptions, and you 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 come out the opener, you knock off Ole Miss on a nationally televised game. Um, 
you had a tackle for a loss in that game. What what is that experience like knowing that you redshirted the year before, you put in all this hard work and boom, mm-hmm. game one, you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. What does that mean? Man, it's just it was a blessing, you know, that hard work that I put in throughout the offseason, get my, you know, my body ready. Um, then also we had a new DC coming, so that also gave me another opportunity to showcase my talent throughout that spring and throughout the fall. So that gave me an opportunity to to give myself chances to play. And it all it all just came it all just came together. And I I just kept kept believing because I really was splitting reps, but I also knew that if I kept coming and that I kept I kept working, then it, it all worked out. And playing that first game, man, it was it was amazing. I was nervous, but I played on a lot of special teams as well. So playing on special teams, it was it wasn't too much that I could handle. So once I actually got in the game, I was I was okay. Like I wasn't nervous because I, you know, I played on a lot of special teams, got a feel for the game already. So once I got in the game, I was okay. But at the end of the day, it was it was amazing just to, you know, play in front of all those those people. My my parents get to see me play against a a great team at the time. And, you know, I was I was proud, but I knew the job wasn't done. Let me ask you this. When you guys go and, and you win that game, did you think or did anybody think or, you know, was it coach speak that, you know, you're going to take one game at a time? But did anybody know like this was going to be the best team that Memphis football had ever had? I don't know. Nobody knew but us. Nobody knew but us because what we did before the season, what we did in the wintertime, how we was all bought in, um, what we did in the fall. Like, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but the people that we had, uh, the leads that we had on the team at that time, uh, nobody knew but us. And no matter what the outcome was, we knew that we were going to be the best. And it just unfolded throughout the season and everybody seen it as, you know, weeks went on, but we knew who was going to be good because, you know, we had that bad taste in our mouth the year before losing that, the conference championship. So like, again, like I said, like my, like my, us, uh, my sophomore year, we lost in the state championship. We came back that next year then in, in the winter time, December grind. We yeah, grind. That was just old hat for you. You knew what to do at the end of that first year to prepare yourself for what was, you know, a a magical 2019 season. I mean, obviously, you start with Ole Miss, you you get a feel, you realize, oh, man, that that hard work and that that me busting my ass every day is paying off. You, You carry on through the season, you guys take care of business, and then you get to Tulsa. You got 12 tackles, a block field goal, like, were you... Did you wake up, eat your Wheaties? Were you pissed off at someone? Did you know that game day was a possibility? So, like, you're you're playing for that? Like, what happened at Tulsa? I was just playing. Like, I didn't – I was – I was just playing. Like, I was being me. I was flying around being me, being who I was, taking advantage of the opportunity, like I said, man. And the results will show for itself that, you know, I can make plays, that I can be around the ball and do these things. So I forgot that I actually had 12 tackles that game. Like, 
I was just doing my job, doing my job, flying around, being around a ball. And that's that's just how I am. And I can't, you know, I, I can't do nothing about it. It's it's just who I am, it's in my DNA. Like I gotta be around the ball. I just have to do my job. So I mean, that's I'm a, and at the, I'm young. I'm nineteen at the time. Like I'm not that I'm not that old. So just having that mindset at a young age is and to help that team, you know, help the team be in the, the position that it was in and be able to help the team out throughout the year. It was yeah. a, a real blessing for real. Well, I mean, it was a blessing, and you you guys blessed the the entire city with probably, I mean, as far as I can count, maybe one or two other things that stack up as high as as game day in Memphis, the Beale Street, just the the city was on fire. It was electric, man. Like you guys get SMU, you know, on a the the biggest stage that it that you've ever been on. Um, you know, what was that like trying to balance the emotion and like enjoying the moment, but also knowing like we got to take care of business? Yeah. I mean, at, around that time, I'm not sure how I felt. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't, I'm not going to, I was probably a little nervous because I knew it was going to be packed. I found out it was, it was a, a sold out game. So, you know, I kind of got a, a, maybe a little nervous because I ain't never see a, a, a full stadium before. So um I was a little nervous, but once I got to the game, I was I was straight, like I was zoned in, I was good. And then like at the time when I'm on the field, it didn't feel like it was a packed stadium. I'm looking around, it did not feel like it was packed. But if you look at, at every picture from game day, the stadium is, is sold out. You see there probably ain't no seats up in the stadium. But on I, I was I wasn't personally there, but on TV, it, it looked amazing. It, like it, it was it was awesome. It was like in person, it, like it, it I always it really did not feel like it was sold out. So, but I, I was zoned in so much, man. It was it was crazy. I really wasn't worrying about too much, but I knew my people was watching me. So you know that makes me go even harder because I know you know they watching me. I want to make them proud. So. Just playing that game, man. It was it was a great experience, man. Like just playing that game and the team that SMU had that year, they were good too. So uh just going against them, it was it was good, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you guys took care of business. Great game. Um, like you said, two two really competitive teams, you know, you know, down to the wire. Um, but you know what. What I would say, you know, you you capped off the season with having to beat Cincinnati twice. Now, you know, for most people, you look at both of those games and go, all right, you took care of business two games in a row. But how difficult is it to beat a Cincinnati team not once, but twice back to back? It's very difficult. It was very hard. And the team that they had that year, too, was they were stacked, too. So it was like, okay, we beat them the first time. But we know they coming, they coming the second time, and then they gotta come back here. So, just, I mean, it, it's very, it's, it's very hard to beat a team twice, very, very hard to beat a team twice. But I just thought that throughout that whole time, like we was, we was focused, we was focused. We all had that mindset of, uh, of them 
coming back in here trying to, you know, take the championship from us. And at the same time, we knew that we lost the year prior. So we're not trying to lose again, especially in our own house. So that was, you know, we kind of had that on our mind that we wasn't we wasn't going to lose this game. Like, we wasn't going to let them come in our house and beat us. Well, you, the- yeah, you, you took care of business, obviously. You know, the, the second time around, you know, you're, you're playing them for a conference championship, a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, you end up getting both of those. You end up drawing, you know, in the Cotton Bowl, you get Penn State, um, a really good Penn State team. What is it like? knowing that you're going to go against Penn State, but it's in the Cotton Bowl. It's on a big stage. It's the biggest bowl game that Memphis has been a part of. What is all that emotion like? And, you know, talk me through the day from, you know, balancing yourself, getting ready to play all the way to the fact that, you know, you guys end up, you know, coming up short. So just knowing that we was playing them, we was ready. We was ready before, you know, Coach Novell and them decided to leave and, you know, bring uh, our D.C. with them at the time. But I felt like... Did that did that make a difference? Uh, it, it, it did. It really did make a difference from, you know, us. Actually, because I felt like if we had Coach Novell and our D.C., uh, Coach Fuller, we would have won that game because, I mean, they, they, were, they were good, but... We were just as it was just as good as two. So I felt like the matchup was even like who was we had the game within two or three at at some point. But I felt like that did that did make a, a, a huge difference going into the game and uh we knew that we had to we had to 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 adjust to what the other coaches had gone and adjust to their plan for us so um we just wanted to go out there and play hard i felt like um because we knew what kind of game it was we knew that we didn't have all our staff at the time you know some people left but uh we just wanted to to play we just wanted to play hard and we we just didn't want to get blown out the water by a penn state team so i just felt like leading into that game we knew what the challenge was but we wasn't going to back down either so just from a from a fan's perspective and a fan that's been a fan my entire life, I was at that game and there was never a time where from before kickoff to during the game, the fourth quarter, where I didn't feel like we had a chance to win or we weren't we were outmatched. There wasn't right. there was never a time. And it was an unbelievable experience, and, and as a as a fan, and as a as a as a kid growing up, man, thank you for that. Like you guys, you guys played played your ass off that entire year, and that that's something special, um, something that I can share with with my daughter, that all of us can share with our families, and you know, maybe 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 it doesn't happen again, but you know, I, I think it will at some point. Um, but obviously, you move you guys move on past past that your sophomore season. Um, obviously you mentioned there's a coach and change coach Silverfield takes over. Um, you have 81 tackles, you have 61 solo to go, you know, two for loss, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, three picks, five pass breakups, one block kick, man. You, you led the AAC with six, 60 solo stops. You were 22nd in the nation 
um that season you had a lot going on with with you know within the team with cancellations covid the whole nine um you had a a 50 49 win over ucf that kind of gets thrown in the mix you kind of gets washed out with all the things that goes on but given our success rate against ucf that that was a big game for us to win you had a season high 14 tackles i mean 10 of which were, were solo in that win you know what is of that season i know it's 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 probably a blur at this point and it was probably long and arduous but what was your best moment best game of that that season uh navy game for sure off reps is navy game man that That's was a, that was that was a gutty game man that was, was that was it was you know it's crazy it was and to say it was 10-7, that it was a fun game, man. It was fun to, to be out there, even though we didn't have a it wasn't a crowd, but just to be with the team and just compete with those guys, just be out there, you know, just having that kind of game that we know it's gonna have, like it was fun. And the way that we executed and flew around, it was amazing to watch. Speaking and, like a true defensive player, 10 to 7 yeah. was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I mean, obviously, you know, that that was a game that helped propel you guys. You, you were eight and three with all that went on that season. Um, you know, do you felt like you met expectations for all the things that were going on an eight and three season? A little bit. Uh, you know, we didn't meet the goal of going to the the championship, but uh, I felt like we did, we was on the right path to get into where we want to be at that time, I would say for sure. Well, I mean, you you obviously did big things because the, the next season, your junior season, you're on Benaric Thorpe. You were one of six Tigers to start all 12, 12 games. Your junior year, you totaled 104 tackles, 66 solo, four and a half tackles for loss, one sack, one interception, 11 pass breakups. One quarterback hurry, one fumble recovery. You were ranked 12th in the NCAA in solo tackles, 27th in total tackles. You had at least three games with 10 tackles, man. Like you are, you are like the 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 benchmark of like getting progressively getting better every year. Um, and my hats off to you because given where you guys were and all the shit that you had to endure with COVID and that season, you were still able to have this unbelievable junior year to put yourself in, in, in tops of, of, of defensive players in, in, in the entire country, man. That's, that's something big. Um, yeah, man, you, you have, you have, you know, you have Hennigan come in, um, you guys go six and six. Obviously, you know, we're we're realists on this show. That's not acceptable. I mean, you All just right. eight eight and three wasn't wasn't it. So we definitely know six and three's not it either. Um, so of that season, you know, what was what was your defining moment of that season? But also what was the one point where you were like, Man, like I I gotta fix this. So it was so we went three and zero. Went three and zero. Started three and zero, and I think once we lost to UTSA, it was because once we lost to UTSA, 
then we we the home streak then went away. Everybody forgot about that. We had the the home streak on, so you know that kind of messed us up a little bit too. But then we go three and three, so it's like we don't want to panic, but like we need to you know get it fixed because we're just three and zero. Could easily be six and zero, but now we three and three. So, um, I mean, just going through that season, like it was, it was tough. I ain't gonna lie, it was tough just trying to get by, get everybody back on board. Um, you know, just to keep everybody focused, cause it was still a chance that we could still do the thing that we needed to do, even though we lost three, or even though we lost three in a row. So um, I felt like it was it was hard for us to to get back to where we need to go. Like the head spaces, like I felt like we was kind of all over the place. It it and, seems like it seems like it would be easy for someone to go. You know what, man? There's a lot of tribulations. Like I don't I don't have to do this again. Mm-hmm. But you chose to come back another year. Obviously, you're back, you know, this year. Like, what was it that, you know, made you go, you know, I'm coming back? Was it one particular thing or just the fact that historically you're a guy that from a season of of one disappointment, even at the championship level, you're going to come back and, and, and overcome that or you have a hunger that fuels you that next year? Is that what it is? Yeah, like I know, I know what it takes to win, and I know what it's gonna take for us to to get back to where we need to be. And I want to come back, you know, with the veteran leadership that I have, and win a championship. That was my mindset: win a championship, get these guys, you know, get our heads back in the space. It's a new season, so uh, we start off fresh and just get everybody with that that right mindset and have the same goal trying to win another championship and that's my that's why that's one of the reasons why i came back it's well, one, of, well, one of the things i read you know uh, in an article it said that you know your parents taught you to finish where you start or yeah you, you start and so um you know you said that was one of the big reasons so i, I really commend you for that man you, you're gonna finish what you started appreciate it yeah man loyalty is a, is a big thing man i could easily went to another school as a you know after last year, I could have easily transferred and went to another school, but I didn't see the reason why when I'm in the place where I know I can still go where I, I want to go in my life. Like, I'm in a position to put myself in the right place. I don't have to go to a big school to be noticed. Like, I'm in the right place where I need to be, and I'm taking advantage of those opportunities where I need to be. So I just felt like I didn't need to go anywhere. I I appreciate you coming back. I Thanks. hope you know that because I, I I wouldn't have got to hear this. Yards of 88 yards. Now they're ready to start their third from their own 25 yard line, and that pass is picked off. Will Rogers throws an interception. Julian Quindell Johnson. A bit quicker than he wanted, and Quindell Johnson made him pay. Man, that's sweet. We had Will Rogers on here too, and I told him it wasn't going to be easy for him. 
So thank you for, for not making me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't gonna be easy. I made a paper, so you know they, they don't they don't always throw us the ball, but when they make that mistake, they're to capitalize. Yeah, it is. So diving in, obviously, to, to this year, uh, before we, we talk about dive into the season, I just want to name some, some preseason watch lists, Quindell. Uh, and if I mispronounce some of these names, y'all just got to forgive me. The Chuck Bednarik Award preseason watch list. Is this Ress's Senior Bowl watch list? Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. Paycom Jim Thorpe Award preseason watch list. Werfel Trophy watch list. First team preseason, all AAC. So let me ask you, did the, do all these lists add pressure or do they build confidence that people know what you're capable of doing? To be honest, none. Because at the end of the day, individual rewards come with team success. And I'm real big on that. If we're not successful as a team, then probably ain't going to get those individual rewards. So, I mean, I'm just going to go out there and do what I do, lead the, lead the team that the way I need to, to lead them and we have this successful season and everything going to play out. That's, that's just how I am. Like all the watch list is good. I'm grateful. I'm blessed to have them. But at the end of the day, them individual rewards going to have to come off team success. No, absolutely. So uh, obviously, you know, we're going down to start, they're looking for revenge from you guys putting on them last year and your house i'm going to ask you two questions though before we even jump into that first of all you're not playing down there anymore you, you're not going to play there again quindale so tell me this how annoying are those cowbells it was crazy i didn't think it was going to be bad as it it was well i i could be wrong because before the the delay it was a little loud before the delay it was a little loud but after it was it wasn't that bad as they say it was Maybe because I'm on defense. How smart are these people be holding up metal cowbells when it's lightning, though, man? <laughs> I just don't crazy. know, man. That's hey, how crazy. they do it down in Starville. <laughs> but let me ask you, about, so have you ever been a part of such a long lightning delay in your college career? No, sir. This was my first lightning delay ever in my career. So, I mean, you're 10 minutes into the game, and then you got an over two-hour lightning delay. How are you guys staying warm? And what, what are y'all doing, just hanging out? Nah, we was, we was in there make, trying to make adjustments, uh, stretching a little bit, talking everything out. I wasn't really trying to sit down for that long, so I'm walking around, uh, eating a little snacks, stretching. Then we come back and, and, and make another adjustment. So uh, we were just talking, making adjustments, just sitting down, cooling a little bit, uh, just not trying to be uh, – cold trying to get cold so we was just walking around a little bit and then we go out to stretch and then i come right back in so it's like ah, we just trying to play so i mean that was my first time being in, involved in a uh a line of delay and stuff so i mean it was it had to adjust to that Quindell, my fa one of my favorite things was because randy was texting me uh you know it starts raining everybody starts fleeing you know, everybody liked to make fun of my Memphis shorts I was wearing. I was wearing my Memphis swim trunks, had, had them Bahamas jokers on. Anyway, I said everybody was uncomfortable with me. I was just sitting on the bleachers, good to go. Bring on the rain. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that, that they, they are, they're, they're a sight to see, Quindell. You got to check them out. 
<laughs> but uh, so the game, the game restarts eventually. It doesn't go you guys' way. I mean, obviously, Will Rogers, DB mentioned it. He was a guest on the show. And, and we know how talented he is, but you mentioned the mistake that he made, and that's throwing your direction. You know, he shouldn't have done that. Tough game, but you had an interception, a fumble recovery, and nine tackles. So, I mean, the takeaway, obviously, you, you don't want to lose, and you're a team guy, team first. But I think the takeaway, at least for us watching it, was just to see your talent on display. And there were some things you can take out of as positive, right? It's not all negative down right. there. You not just all. got away. Right. Right, so, right. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys going down there, I mean, obviously you're disappointed in the performance. But, I mean, what's the mood like after you guys? You feel like without the two-hour lightning delay, you guys could have stayed there, made some plays. That really kind of dead the momentum. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just had to adjust. I mean, you can't control – couldn't control everything, man. Can't control that weather. So we just had to adjust for the the light of the lay and kind of glad because it kind of stopped their momentum a little bit, but it still ain't it still ain't go our way. But I just felt like, you know, that's just that's the first game. And that was they were that was a great team. That's a good team. They do what they do. They they do what they do. So uh they throw it. Well, one, one of the things they talked about on the radio, local sports radio, was the difference between this year and last year was y'all were able to play a couple games before you played uh, a high-caliber team like Mississippi State. Do you, do you feel like, you know, not making excuses, but it had been better to get somebody else under your belt before having to play such a, you know, play an SEC team in their house? Nope. Uh, uh, nope. I just go in there. Even though it's the first game, we got to – we need to do what we need to do, but I like that. Uh, I'm I, I, look, I don't mind. We first we coming out of the first game, uh, have blazing with Mississippi State. All right, that's cool, let's go, let's do it. I mean, but it ain't, it ain't go the way we did, but I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind playing a, a high caliber team in the first game. I mean, mistakes gonna happen and everything. That's you know, that's that is, the it is what of, it is of football. And playing in the first game, but I mean, yeah, I, I I still play in the first game. I don't mind. No, absolutely. So from a preparation standpoint, obviously you mentioned last year Navy being, you know, your favorite game. You got those guys coming up again. It's a completely different preparation. You go from playing an air raid offense to playing Navy. So what? How different is it preparing for for you guys, especially you going to an air raid offense to a running game like Navy has? Yeah, you just gotta get your 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 mind wrapped around of, of who you're playing. Uh, just gotta buy into to the game plan, and we know who we playing. We know that this is gonna be a, a a real street fight, a real boxing match, or if you want to call it, because we're gonna be in the trenches for real. So just just being ready because we usually play them later in the year, but we got them early in the year, so just gotta. Just got to be ready, be prepared, and just stay with the game plan of what, what we got going. Absolutely. So, what uh, we obviously, what I expect to see, big bounce back game from you guys. Another road game. You're starting out two, two games on the road before you come back to our house for four straight games. How, how much are you guys looking forward to get back into the Liberty Bowl? I think we're ready, especially with the new turf. So I don't, we want to see how it's Brand how, new. I was <laughs> on it today, Quindell. <laughs> we ready to. We ready to see, man. We ready for a new season and a in a bowl just to see everybody come out, watch us play, and get these wins, man. So it's gonna be fun playing back in the bowl after two road games. 
It looks good, man. Well, they got it all pressure washed up. That new turf down, new paint. We ready, man. I can't look. I'm gonna be down there on the field with you. I'll come down there and see you. Go Tigers. Yeah. All right, so enough of the football talk. We're going to play a little game that we play with every guest. You down to play a game of this or that, Glendale? This or that, all right. Come on, let's do it. All right, right, so the only rules is you can't say neither and you can't say both. You have to pick one decisively. So with that, I'm going to put you on the spot because I told you, my family's from Louisiana. I'm going to be down there in two weeks, as a matter of fact, watching LSU, Mississippi State, Saints, Bucks. So I'm going to be down there. I love the food, but I'm from Memphis. I love the food here. So I ask you, better food in New Orleans, better food in Memphis. Still go to New Orleans. All right, with that, what's your favorite dish, man? What's your go-to? Mmm. Mmm. Whatever, whatever my mom cooking, I tell you that. Much. <laughs> That's the right answer. Randy always says when you give the mom a shout out, you're good to go. Whatever <laughs> my mom cooking. All right. This question was on here before you said what you said earlier, so I probably got the answer to it because you talked about action movies, but action movie or comedy? Action. Yeah, figured then. All right. Ed Reed or Brian Dawkins? I'll go with Ed Reed. I'm going to go with Ed Reed. I mean, goat. Yeah, he is the goat, but man, the way Brian Dawkins like the hits, I, I'm a fan, so I don't know. I, I was going to see where he might win with that. He might like the heavy hitter. All right. Would you rather play Madden or 2K? Mm. 2k who's your team who are you using you better say the grizzlies or randy better not say them. the pelicans <laughs> nah i'm a mm, i usually play i'm a clippers fan so i'll be with the clippers sometimes washington <laughs> he said he's a clippers fan oof that's hard man We've got grizzlies fans uh hosting this show uh but uh if you could go to any concert, or no, first, if you could go to a concert or a sporting event, any of them, would you go to a concert or a sporting event? Mm. Sporting event. All right. What's the sporting event? What's the bucket list? You can go to any sporting event there is. What is it? I just need, I got, I had a name one. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> I'm going to March Madness. Oh, hey, we got a new one. All right. So we use NBA Finals is always the top answer. We've gotten Super Bowl, we've gotten the World Series. We have not gotten March Madness. That's what's up. Hey, that's a good one, too. All right. So let me ask you this. You know, you, you're a defensive guy. You know, you like being liked by the people, but you also like being the guy that, you know, maybe people aren't the aren't the most favorite of. Would you rather be the hero or the villain? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. This don't take me a while. Hold on. Do I want to be a hero or do I want to be a villain? If you take too long, Randy will try to talk you into being Batman. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Batman. <laughs> uh. Because mm. I don't need people to like me, though. That's the crazy part. Me either. I don't need people like, but you're going to respect me. I won't be the villain. All right. So being that you're an action movie guy, man, you got a favorite villain from any of those movies? Who's your who's your go-to villain? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, let's see. 
kind of I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure this out right now. Uh ooh. I don't have no train of thought of who who my favorite villain is. But I do like man. I don't have no train of thought who who I who my favorite villain is. <laughs> it's all good. All right. You could have you could have just said, you know, Joker. And that's the, I mean, that's that's the one, you know, that's why Randy's a bat. You can't go wrong when you go you go with the Batman hero or the villains. Uh, but this next question, this is the final question. It's actually something that's been retired. It got retired with season five. But we've asked a lot of your uh, your former teammates, current teammates this question. And I was curious to see what you would say. So I'm going to bring it back just for you. Would you rather do 10 years in a coma or five years in prison? Uh, hmm, 10 years in coma. Daniel, Ten years. Answer, I you? love it. That's the right answer. <laughs> you get all these jokers on here going, oh, I'll, I'll go to jail. I'll be fine. Hey, no, no they won't. T-Pick and Morris said they would take uh, jail. I think uh, I think Hennigan took the nap. But we know I'm, going, I'm going to take the 10-year coma because it's going to feel like I've been asleep for about three hours. Yeah. I know, I know what I can do good, and that's that's sleeping. So give me that, and I'll, I'll be just fine. But uh, I can't do no jail. I can't do no jail. If, nah. if you go to prison, man, you might get on the longest yard team, man. Be like the movie. <laughs> Wendell, my man. Hey, we're gonna let you bounce. Anything you want to plug or promote before we let you roll? Oh uh, yeah. So I have a I have a little clothing line um, with my brand. Is linked in my bio and my Instagram on my Instagram page. You can check it out. Buy some some merch on my on my page, man. Uh, that's really that's really about it. All right, man. So here's what here's what I'm gonna tell everybody to do. Go over to Instagram at Quindell15. You can check out what Quindell's up to. You can buy some clothes. You can get get the threads. You can look right. You can get everything you need from that one. One Instagram page. Dude, I'm, going, page. I'm going there now. I'm going to follow you. And I don't follow nobody. And you know what else, Daniel? Speaking of, since we're bringing up his Instagram, I got to ask you, Quindell. Man, you had like one of the dopest photo shoots I've ever seen from a football player. How you set that up? I just, they told me to be at a certain place and we went. <laughs> you you killed was... it. You killed it, man. I, I, I posted those photos up because they were on Instagram, but they weren't on Facebook. So I put them on the Tigers Facebook page. Folks loved them, man. It was man. the pictures came out. The pictures came out good, man. Shout out to to the uh the team, man, that it came out the pictures. So uh it was it was great. But I will say the mosquitoes were terrible. <laughs> the mosquitoes were terrible, but the pictures came out good. Yeah, you 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 look like a stub, man. Hey, if y'all want to see Memphis Tigers, you want to know what what's going on on the football team at Memphis Football and Saturday three thirty CBS Sports Network. Uh, if you get a chance, check them out. I know everybody in Memphis is gonna be tuned in. We're gonna pick up a win this weekend. I'm confident we're gonna get the first W of the season, Quindell. We're gonna get this thing rolling, my man. If you need anything from us, let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you out along the way. Once the season's over, guess what we're going to do? We're going to bring you back, and we're going to talk about it, man. Yes, sir. All right. That's Quinn, Dell Johnson, everybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to do some headlines.
Base Sports Performance is an athlete and personal training facility located in Hernando, Mississippi that specializes in athletic development through strength and conditioning, speed and agility, and movement-based training. They offer individualized programs for adults as well as professional, collegiate, high school, and youth athletes. Some of their program options include athlete performance training, small group personal training, return from injury programs, throwing and pitching development for baseball players. The best place to check them out is on Instagram, at base underscore sports underscore performance. Website is basesportsperformance.com. Their email address is base period sports performance at gmail.com and phone number is 662-292-7761. I'm personally using them for a return from injury program and we have had many in off the bench guests who have used them for their pitching development. So check them out today. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. As always, we're leading off with Major League Baseball. Jim, Cardinals power rankings are up to number two. They got a nine game lead now on the Brewers as of right now. What are you thinking? Are they are they finishing this thing off? I mean, I, I don't think the score of tonight's game is in their favor, but obviously they're doing some things right towards the back end of this this season. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, it was the discussion that we had and and you and Randy had been adamant, you know, we we play bad teams and lose to bad teams when we shouldn't and, and we didn't. And we've taken care of business um, specifically with them cubbies. And so, you know, we took care of the games we did to where we were able to extend this lead to where we got. So, um, I mean, it would take an epic implosion to to lose that lead. Um what I would say, though, is they need to keep their foot on the gas because, you know, it's still not out of, you know, contention for them to get that two spot over the winner of the East. So, um, you know, not only just holding off the central, but, man, stay foot on the gas and see if we can get that two spot. Randy, does it matter what spot they get as long as they make the playoffs? I think it does. I think you want – to put yourself in the best position to have home field advantage. They're a different team, you know, when the arch is behind them, uh, the fans, it makes a big difference. And I think you always want to have home field advantage, not going to have it against the Dodgers, of course, but yeah, I don't think you, that you, and I think the two seats probably a little, it's probably a little out of reach and I don't mind them going on the road, but of course, if I can get the two seat, I want the two seat. But again, we talked about them playing bad teams here. They are dropping two out of three against the national. So, I mean, and you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Daniel, they got a lot of games left against sub 500 teams. That's my concern. I don't worry about them losing their division lead, but I worry about them falling, you know, not having momentum going into the postseason. Yeah. And it looks like the, the Mets and the Braves are, are holding tough and, and trying to get a two spot right now. Um, given what we have coming up, we we have below 500 teams, but we also have the Padres. We have the Dodgers um, on the back half of that. I want to say the last three weeks of the season are really, like, really good teams. And you need to take advantage right now before you hit that stretch of games. Um, but, Jim, you got the Braves a half game back of the Mets. Um, who, who do you got taking the division? Man, you know, all along I wanted to pick the Braves, but I didn't want to pick against those Mets pitchers. But here we are. They're doing exactly what they did last year, and they're getting contributions once again because, you know, we always like to talk about, you know, obviously Acuna was hurt, but, you know, last year it was 
you know, Freeman and Riley. And, and here comes dudes like Grissom, like just absolutely on tears. Like um, Olsen is, you know, Olsen has made to where this Freddie Freeman thing is. I'm not even hearing it talked about anymore. Um, but you you got all these guys contributing, and then their pitching has been phenomenal. Um, you you got three or four guys across the board um, that are pitching well. So, I mean, I'm now at this point when I'm looking at a whole team as opposed to just looking at those two studs on the Mets, I feel like the Braves are an overall better team, and I think they're going to take it in the end. Yeah, I mean, they, they've consistently, you know, cut the distance between them and the Mets, and now you're you're looking at the Mets with a couple injuries, you know, one in particular. I mean, Max Scherzer is going on the 15-day injured list. Randy, I don't know how significant. They are saying it's not that serious, but anytime nah. you got a big arm that's not on the mound and you're in a divisional winning race, especially if, you know, we're, we're talking about the Cardinals trying to hit the two seed. Well, the Mets are there trying to hold on to it. Like that's a big deal not to have one of your one of your your horses on the mound to to help you get there. I agree. I don't think it's serious. And I just think that we've seen this a few times that the Braves get right there at it and they drop a few games back. And the people are making this big deal. The Nationals did take two out of three from the Mets, but right before that, the Mets took two out of three from the Dodgers. They win the doubleheader today. They win 10 nothing a night. I, honest to God, I think the Mets are still gonna win this division. I just because of the pitching, even though Scherzer's out, I just still think the Mets are going to win it. I, I hope they're still they hot. I hope they stay this close because I, I went ahead and looked at their upcoming schedule. Their second to last series of the year is at Atlanta, and I hope it's right right here where we're at. And they got and we'll we'll find out. Go go into Atlanta and see what happens. Absolutely. So let me ask y'all this, Jim. I'll start with you. Do you know the hottest team in baseball since the All Star break? You know who that is? The Cardinals. Nope. The Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays have the best record. I don't know by how much, but I was watching that two days ago. So that could change. I didn't see if who was second behind them, but fact check your ass. Yeah, fact check it. It, 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 it if it's if it's wrong, it ain't wrong. But what I can tell much. you is they they've won eight of their last ten, undoubtedly. That I can't tell you. And they are cutting into a lead that we thought was gonna be unreachable. Um I mean, at one point it was what 14, 15 games. Yeah. Now it's four and a half and you know, they got a, a big, big three week stretch of games. But what gives me hope is tonight they win a one, nothing game on the mound and they got arms coming back that, you know, they're, they're coming back to full, full strength. Um, obviously guys like Kiermaier is not going to be back, but man, well, Marco might be back. Um, and, and that that's big. And then a Rosarina starting to hit bombs and he's starting to heat up. So this is the time hey. of the year where we like to see the Rays start start doing stuff like that. The next series is against the Yankees, as a matter of fact, Daniel. So we're going to get right to it. Yeah. I mean, they they just took two of three from them. Um, the last series, um, they have Boston in town and then they go to New York for another three game set, which, you know, is going to be big. Um, you know, they can cut into that lead even more. So a big, do you want to make a bold prediction? You never know. Do you want to make a bold? Do you want to, do you want to do it, man? Hey, that's your squad, man. Um, let's say this. I say this time when we talk, the Rays have cut it to two and a half. I think they're going to cut that four and a half. They'll, they'll, they'll cut it. They'll cut it in half. We'll say two and a half. That's, that's, that sounds about right. What about you? What about you, Randy? You got, you got belief in his Rays, man? 
Hmm. No. <laughs> I, I tell you what Randy does have belief in, and that's switching gears to Tennessee football. Tennessee football. We're back, baby. <laughs> All right. So, right, yes, right. The, the, the new football season and football feels is back, like 98. Yes. But is, is Pittsburgh a game where you're going to go if, if they win? Which I, I think by all accounts they should win, right? According to Vegas. So according to Vegas, according to odds, maybe not rankings, they should win, but um they should win. If they are supposed to win and they win, does this mean anything else other than they did what they were supposed to do? I think it does matter because they would they're beating a, a top twenty team on the road. And I was talking about this earlier today. I don't want to call it a must win because they're not competing for a championship, but no other sport other than college football do does every week become a must win. If Tennessee wants to take the next step, if Josh Heupel and his staff want to take the next step, this has to be a win they get. And the line started out at three and a half and opened and for first of all, for Tennessee to be a three and a half point favorite on the road against Pitt, a team that just had a big win against West Virginia, beat Tennessee last year, obviously lose Kenny Pickett. I understand all that. But now the line is seven and a half. The line has jumped four points in two days. Wow! All and the money and they're on in. the ro- and they're on the road. So give the, them another at, three points. Yeah, against a, a, a team that you know at the beginning of the season was. So you just told me I didn't, there. You just told me I didn't get my parlay in quick enough because I was going to say Tennessee with the three. Yeah, well, me too. But now that it's seven and a half, I'm scared of it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want it now. It just to me, I think Tennessee can win and should win, but I don't think that they should blow them out if that makes any sense. You know, they're going up to Pittsburgh to play in whatever the fuck they call Heinz Field now. It's Heinz Field to me, but they have to win this game. It's a it's a must win if if you can call game two a must win. What was your uh what was your biggest takeaway? Obviously you didn't play a big opponent, but you know, what was your biggest takeaway from the week one game that you that you like? Um the offense looked so fast, but what I, I, I like that fact that Hendon Hooker just was so – he was just really effective. Like, he didn't rush anything, and he didn't look like he did anything great, but the best thing that I saw was that they are deep at receiver. They have receivers for days, and if they can get those guys the ball in that offense, they're going to put some – they're going to – they are going to put some fear into a lot of teams in the SEC that are not named Alabama and Georgia. So a future, a future saint is on the is on that squad. That's what you're telling I, me. Yeah, Brew McCoy, name that name. He'll be the New Orleans Saint next year. Is is Hendon Hooker, um, what they've been missing? He is Josh Dobbs with a better, more accurate arm. Because so I, I I watched them, okay, and yeah, he he was good. There was nothing about him where I was like, oh, this is that was dumb, that was stupid. I that agree. Was he just looked a but, little happy feet though. But there was nothing that said, oh man, this guy is really good. He was just effective. He got the job done, and maybe maybe that's all that matters. And and what they're trying to accomplish is just stay within yourself and minimize mistakes. I don't feel like they did anything to really open up the playbook either. You know, they weren't really throwing the ball down the field. They weren't really trying to do any kind of reverses. They were vanilla because they knew they could be. And to be honest, looking back on it, the last five, six years, especially 
They haven't had a game like that. Three years ago, they damn near lost to Bowling Green. So to have a game where you don't play really your best and you're, you know, you just look meh and to win by 50, yeah, a lot, by 49 points, I'll take it. I, I would have took that too, but my team decided that, you know, and, and all due respect, Quindell, I love you, man. Appreciate you. You had a great game, but it was not a, a fun game to stay up two hours to watch. I'll, I'll say that. Um, when, when I think about Memphis Mississippi state game, I think of an opportunity that was lost. I think there was some lack of preparation for what you knew was about to come at you. Um, you know, what I, what I, and, and I'll ask you, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit here, but Jim, I'll ask you, man, I feel like the game started, the first 10 minutes were all the same. You, Mississippi State goes down, scores quickly, doing what you, what you knew, what you knew what they were going to do. All mm-hmm. right. Not big throws down the field, a lot of little dinks and donks and, you know, 10, 12 yard passes, five, six yard outs, little things like that. Um, you get the ball, three plays, 20 seconds, and we're, we're punting. All right, cool. Tried something, didn't work. Mississippi State gets the ball back. They start driving down the field again, and it was like no adjustments are made. Then we have a weather delay of two hours. We come back, and it's still the same game plan. They're marching down the field doing the same thing. So it's like you didn't make adjustments from series to series, and you didn't make an adjustment when you had two hours to make an adjustment. Is that just because Will Rogers and the offense is high-powered and they're just tough to beat? Or is it because we got something a lot more, something bigger to worry about in Memphis? We're not making those adjustments. I think there is improvements to be made on Memphis, but I'll say this. Um, first of all, you, you see the Will Rogers stats and you think about the air raid, but they actually ran the ball 34 times. Um, I think that was one of the things. They didn't get any big yards. They only averaged 2.9 yards per carry. But I think adding but a they, little – They passed the ball 50 times. But what I'm saying is I think adding in that little bit of balance, regardless of the success, I think it helps. But they do have some really good playmakers. Um, my question would be, Daniel, like – because, you know, it's easy to pick on the secondary, but they didn't get any pressure on Will. He just sat back there chilling. So the question is, is the Mississippi State offensive line that good or does the Mississippi State D-line need to step it up? That that That'll be – seen you know as the games go on because i mean that was the thing will rogers carved him up but it's i mean he's chilling i mean yeah think I mean, of a play where you saw he was pressured i can't i can't name one no outside of, of of docker there was the same issue memphis had on offense last year they have no run game and then on the defensive side the same issue they had last year no pass rush no defensive line pressure nobody pressuring the quarterback so that that's what bothers me more than anything is the lack of adjustments and the fact that the two things that we struggled with last year are the same two things we're struggling with now. You know I what really it. bothered me, Daniel, is the uh, when Memphis was actually before it got out of hand when they actually were getting a drive together. You know the players better than me because it wasn't like Ivory. I'm trying to think, but um, Hennigan put the pass on the money in his chest and stride down the seam and he just dropped it and it was like. 
that could have been a drive where maybe you put uh, put points on the board and maybe things changed. Instead, it ended up being a three and out because of that. And then Mississippi State comes down and scores and it gets even worse. Um, that play really drove me nuts because Hennigan was already having a struggle. And he finally, you know, he puts one right on the money. Should be a big play. Guy drops it. Randy, you got a chance to watch Memphis? Of course. What, what was your takeaway? You're, you're pretty you, – you're – you're a good, you know, in-between guy to tell me how it really is, but you're also positive about the whole thing. You could talk me off this ledge. No, no. There's a, there's no, a hesitation. No, well, I, I think I said this. You know, we talked about it when Jim was on his way down, and I said it last week. I, I just thought, here's the, here's a talk you off the ledge. They don't play Mississippi State again. That That's talking you off the ledge. They're not going to play a team again that is going to do what Mississippi State did. So I think that this can still be, you know, an eight-win Memphis team, but they are so outmatched against a team like Mississippi State. I just thought that was going to be – and I said it on the show and in the text. So the talk you off the ledge, DB, you got Navy this week, man, not Mississippi State. But if you lose the Navy, the, uh, we, I don't know if we can – Oh, mm, the, if you lose the Navy, you know, it's like you're driving down the road and you see your wheel and tire come rolling past you. That's what it's going to look like. <laughs> For, you ain't losing a navy dog. Yeah, for the for the city's for the city's sake, like just please beat navy. We need something positive, Memphis. Yep. 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 I mean, there's a, I listened to local radio the whole week that you know, and they said they weren't trying to get too ahead of themselves, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be, even if this team isn't as good as they're hoping for. There should be four and one going against Houston with what's what's coming up especially because you know we we're talking about after navy you're going home for a long time yeah, yeah. so we'll we'll, we'll see I, I think if if the offense gets moving a little bit and i see some more flashes of defense then i i think i'll feel a little bit better but thank goodness they play saturday and i can you know get this this feeling off of me um then but jim there's there, there's a a lot of emotions coming out of you on um Sunday night and some were good, some were bad, some were warranted, some were not, some were mad, some were sad, some were glad, some were just all over. Dr. Seuss Mup, boy. So what I'll ask you is, you know, 72 hours removed. How are you feeling? Uh, more of the same exactly down go the tigers exact same across the board before before we get into any of like the, the details, let me just say this, guys. When they when I was texting you and when he muffs that punt, neighbors muffs that punt. I just wish Florida State goes ahead and puts it in and goes up fourteen. I was already content with how bad we played and we had lost, and I would have just been fine. But they had to go ninety nine yards and make me. I'm I mean I'm doing exactly what y'all expect me to do. I'm yelling and circling the house, and then I I run in the room just in time to see the extra point get blocked. Like I almost missed it. And well, you so, thought it was a done deal, I'm sure. Yeah, right. And it's so, extra, like, extra point. I wish we would have just lost by 14, no, and I would have just there was uh, there was no thought in your mind that this could get blocked again or no. he could miss it. And I, Mine and either. And I wasn't even you, looking at the TV screen. And I'll tell you this, Randy, you may have been one of the people. I had like five different people message me and say go for two. Um, I, I did say that. Yeah, I, I mean everybody. And so after the block, that was my immediate thought. I was like, God, couldn't we have just gone for two? And, you know, even if we would have lost, I would have felt better than going out that way. But that was my thing. Like, I was content with thinking we were already going to lose. And then here we go. We got me all excited on top of the mountain just to drop me off of it. So, 
Um, but I'll tell you this, Daniel, I, I still feel the way I felt. Um, yes, I, I understand that um, the, the quarterback play wasn't the only problem. Um, obviously, you're, you know, first of all, we lost Mason on the defensive line, um, you know, our best defensive lineman, but we were celebrating. Getting, oh, we, we were worst. getting, we were getting no pressure um, at all. They were able to do what they want. Um, Thomas is the, the quarterback from Florida State, right? Um, is that his name? I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he was phenomenal, um, and he was doing his thing. Um, and so uh, LSU's defense just didn't look good. Um, what a what a stupid hit by Ali Gay. Um, stupid so, hit. So our, our best player gets hurt. Our second best player gets kicked out on defense. So – um, that, that doesn't help matters. And then, like I said, that my problem with the quarterback thing is if you don't go with Daniels and you go with Nussmeyer, um, I know the offensive line didn't look good, so it would have been questionable, but I know that he would have stood in the pocket tall and made some throws, and you would have been able to use those playmakers, uh, especially uh, Boutte. And I get – so people talk about he had those drops. Y'all know how wide receivers are. They're divas. It doesn't make an excuse for – you should never drop the ball. But all that came after the frustration, the sideline arguments. I mean, there was the one play they showed where he stood there open for five seconds and he didn't throw him the ball until after the two defenders were collapsing on him. Like, I mean, I, I, I still think Brian Kelly picked the wrong guy. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Daniel, here's, here's what I got to say at the end of the day. I'll end with this. And I think Randy will agree with this looking at the SEC. His team's one of the teams on the docket. People say don't panic, LSU fans. It's just one game. Take away the two non-conference games coming up with Southern and New Mexico. But we, we just saw what Mississippi State's got. You got to go to Florida. You got Bama and Tennessee coming. You got to go to Arkansas. You got to go to AM. I hate to tell these people who are trying to have this optimism and positivity, this season ain't gonna be good, guys. You know, Randy, remember I said seven five was my like hope, right? I'm thinking yeah. it might be five and seven. No bowl, no bowl. I mean, because you all, in order to even get to five and seven, you're going to have to knock off like an Ole Miss in there or a Mississippi State. You know, like I was just talking about, like you're going to have to get some wins that right now don't even look like they're there. Seven and five would be inferring that you beat like, you know, three or four of those SEC teams. That ain't happening. I have breaking news. Oh, here we go. Breaking news: the Cardinals beat the Nationals. They were down five to one six minutes ago. I just clicked back on. They Daniel won the game. Daniel said something about five. the score. Yep. Daniel said something. Pujols hit a bomb? No. It was Edmund double to deep left, bringing around Delugio and O'Neal. Look at these dudes. i tell you what, man. They, they it was the, it, it, but look, it was the whole team thing to Randy's point. So, Arnado hits a ground rule double that brought around Donovan and Goldsmith, which obviously implies they got on base. Um, Dickerson, unfortunately, grounded out, but um, brought in a run. And then Molina singled to bring in Arnado, and then Edmund finished it off. So, I mean, you had five guys get hits in the ninth inning. Clutch. Clutch. That's what's up. Speaking I want to hear about our picks. That's right. what I want to hear about. How much did I here, win by? Here we go. You didn't win by anything. So, I know I won because uh, of the game that made you sick. Yeah, Jim, Jim had a total of five correct picks. Randy, you and I had four. We Florida, all got, baby. 
Florida. We all, we all got Georgia. We all got Arkansas. You two guys got Mississippi State. Um, Jim got Florida. We all got Ohio State, and I got Florida State. So that's where we sit. Jim five, Randy four, me four. Moving into this week's slate of games. And I will start with – and uh, let me start with this one. Why the why the hell is Vandy and Wake Forest on this? Why, why I, is that? Because, I'm, because I'm going to pick Vandy, and I know y'all won't. That's why. Okay. All right. Wake so Forest. Hey, Randy will actually tell you this. There is a there is a chance Wake Forest, ranked 23rd or not, quarterback does not play. Vandy's won two in a row. I'm feeling some momentum. I'm feeling maybe a three-game win streak. Oh, Lord. But they're also – also, to be honest, I, I did put that for that reason, but there really wasn't a six-game I, – I mean, I even had to put Alabama-Texas on there. Even though there's two big names, we obviously – I mean, the, what was the 20-point spread? Randy, who are you taking, Wake Forest or Vandy? He's taking Vandy too. Look at him. Oh, I really <laughs> He's going to. I really want to. Do it. Let's leave Daniel out. Yeah, y'all, y'all go ahead and give me one. I, one I'm gonna one go. Nothing. I'm going Wake Forest. This really is backwards. We're giving Jim a chance to take a big lead on us. I ain't. I ain't studying Vandy. Uh, give, me, <laughs> give me Vandy all day. <laughs> give me. Give me Wake Forest. All right. Uh, Baylor at BYU. This is, I think, somewhat of a sneaky good matchup. Randy, who you got? I'm going to go with Baylor, but I agree. This could be a really sneaky, sneaky matchup. I'm going to go with Baylor, though, even though it, it is at BYU, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Jim, Give me who Baylor you Bears. Oh. No, I do like them Mormon boys. Give me BYU. Okay. I'm going to go BYU. A guy named Taysom Hill once played there. You know what? I'm going to go. I took him. I'm going to go BYU as well. Uh, We'll give them them a shot. This will be their only shot that they get. If they, if they, they prove me wrong, then they're going to, hey, they're going to be that team, Daniel. We don't, they're going to be, they're going to be, yep, that team. Remember Wisconsin two years ago? Still never forgive that kind of. As, a, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up before I hit the the parlay board. We're gonna talk about this. All right, uh, USC at Stanford, Jim. Who you got? USC. USC. All right, Randy. Who you taking? USC. Yeah, I got USC. I ain't messing around with that. Randy, Kentucky, Florida. Who you taking? <laughs> he's got a he's got a pick between I'm Florida so, and Will I, Levis. I, I Florida just, and Will Levis. <laughs> I'm so sick. I'm picking the Gators. Jim, are you gonna ride with your guy? Man, hey, so it's tough. I've been. I, this is the one that it was gonna bother me because I want to ride with him. And do I want to pick Florida back to back weeks? They got me the dove last week. I feel like I owe him something. But you know what? I am, man. I, I feel like, you know, he's going to eat the banana with the peel on. He's going to drink his ke- my, uh, coffee with mayo in it. He might even come up with something new this week to get ready for Florida. Go ahead and give me Kentucky. That is dumb. Dumb. I'm taking Florida. It pains me, but I'm taking Florida. If if, right. it, if it goes this way, if I got a point on y'all last week because of Florida, and then I get a week this a point this week because of Florida losing, that'd be great. 
I mean, you'll be the you'll be the genius, and we'll just be two guys. <laughs> All right, Randy, Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh. Give me them balls, baby. All right, Rocky Top Four, Randy, Jim. Who are you taking? Tennessee. You know what? Y'all might be shocked. Don't you do it? That, that I that I do this, but don't I'm you gonna, do it? I'm gonna take Tennessee. Oh, I'm gonna take Tennessee. All right, last game. Am I the only one that? And maybe I'm not the only one. I just feel like I'm the only one. Alabama and Texas ain't gonna be that good of a game. Well, and I think this is gonna send the message about you know all those excited about Texas coming to the. The SEC when they beat him by forty five. I mean, we're we're all in agreement here, right? Alabama is going to mop the floor with these dudes, right? I just put them on there because of the names. Like I said, there was only so many. I figured I'd put it on there. Maybe one of y'all. Would I think State Texas. If we were taking lines, I might do it because twenty points on the road, I'd still take Alabama by forty. Very true. There well, was some line. A, there was there was lines last year where Al, they were like, no, it's no way, and, then and they would hit like fifty two. I watched some of that Alabama game, and I, I only watched like probably like a quarter. They didn't do anything fantastic at all, but they're like a they're like a machine. Look, all I know is look, hey Randy, you know Jeffrey Wright went on that whole spiel about how you know Ohio State and Alabama always cover. And anyway, I noticed that he he ducked and dodged around talking about Ohio State this week because they showed in cover. Yeah, no, they didn't. But, you know, y'all told me last year if I was going to do betting that the two things you can count on was Ohio State covering the lines. The, the, the year that me and Daniel were doing, it was LSU-Ohio State. They covered every week. Yep. And then Wisconsin had to mess it up. That's, that's when Daniel was talking about. We had an eight-leg parlay. He was going to pay $3,500 in Wisconsin. Wisconsin messed it up. Bitches. Anyhow, man, college football, week two, and guess what, guys? Week one, NFL, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Y'all ready for that? I don't see the Colts game on here. I mean, you know. Because it's not worth picking. It was <laughs> in the role. Let, hold on, the let cow, me ask the, you. The, the, cow, the Cowboys got the last spot on there. Sorry, let me man. let me ask you guys before we pick these six games. Is tomorrow night, obviously because they pick the teams they do for a reason, is tomorrow night's game the game that you're, you know, take your team off the board? Is it the game you're most excited about? I mean, I think because it signifies the start, I guess that might be like the – the reason I would lean that way, but I mean, there are some intriguing matchups. Like I want to, I want to see Joe Burrow and Jamar chase. I mean, I got, I, I got a lot invested in those two guys. My guy, Randy, he's got four of the same main core players on his fancy team. He is trying to run it back with the exact same guys. I, I did a, I did a, a keeper league without <laughs> even doing a keeper league. You know, the game I, I, I like don't it. have, you know the game I don't have on those lists because I, I think it's going to be lopsided, but I'm in, I'm intrigued about and of course we'll be on air anyway. But the the Broncos Seattle game just to see Wilson's homecoming. But who who do you think's looking forward to their game more, Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Baker, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> undoubtedly. Because Russell Wilson will say, you know, guys, I've really just been praying for them, and I just hope they do well. 
where Baker Mayfield's like, F them dudes, I'm well, effing them up. And, and Baker Mayfield's got some weapons around him and a little more uh, to work with. And, you know, then, you know, what's Seattle, you know, Seattle, poor Seattle. That's why that game's not even on there. Like, if Russell Wilson doesn't carve them up, I don't know anything. Well, let's, let's get into this then. Jim, I'm starting with you. Bills, Rams, tomorrow night, who you got? Oddest thing, Daniel. I'm going to do that whole fantasy thing that we were just talking about. Because I'm playing Josh Allen in, in, in two out of my three leagues and Stephon Diggs, are not necessarily on the same teams in two out of my three leagues, I'm picking the Rams just because I want them to not do well. <laughs> Randy, who you got? Give me the Bills. And I got the Bills in the Super Bowl. That's the wildest part about picking against them week one. You know, it, what was the what was the turning point of the season, Josh Allen? You know, I I never thought we would make it here when we lost but game Jim one had to us. the Rams. <laughs> All right, Steelers, Bengals. You got. I don't. Why, I, I don't, why I don't is even, this game on here? I don't even know who the, the Colts game's not on here, Steelers. but this garbage. Mitchell, is? Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback. Is he? But is he though? Randy's mad is not Dobbs, and that's why he's mad this game is even on here. All right. Well, no, because he plays for the Browns. Yeah. All right, Randy, who you got? Steelers, Bengals. I'm looking to jump out to an early lead. And, yes, you have to pick one of these two teams. I am going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. Final decision, Mike Tomlin, FT-Dub. See, you say, why is this game on here? And then it's a game that may help you. I'm, I'm going with I actually do. And y'all know I've been a Mike Tomlin guy. I think we all are Mike Tomlin fans. I love that dude. At what point does he say, you know, it's time to move on? Like, never. I, I, it's got to be never. If he's not going to move when they take it away from being called Heinz Field. He's never leaving. Yeah, because they don't get rid of coaches. Coaches don't get rid of them. It's, it's just a loop. And not to mention that, I mean, we act like he ain't made the playoffs in a bunch of years. They were just in the playoffs two years ago, and he's yeah. only missed the playoffs once in his career. But they said, hey, Mike, guess what, man? You know, you had potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback, but now guess who you have? Mitchell Trubisky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something on y'all right now. Mitchell Trubisky is going to have – he's going to have a great year this year. You've been hanging out with Mike Hughes too much, bro. I, I, no, I think Mike Hughes hates Mitchell Trubisky. No, he loves Trubisky. It's hard to say what Mike likes and doesn't like because one changes, minute he – changes, it's, yeah. <laughs> It's very emotional. I know he doesn't like Babe Ruth, and that bothers me. <laughs> he he likes Babe. He just said he's not athletic, which I mean, it's not really what the Jim had a good point. It's not really what it was about. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, I got I got Bengals. Jim, who you got? Bengals. Let's go. All right, you got them. This Charger. one's the next. This one's the. Oh, okay, you're skipping ahead. I thought you were going to order. As I said, this next one's going to be the most interesting one. You want me to go there? All right, Browns Panthers. We'll go there. Jim, who you got? I'm going to actually take the Browns. <laughs> Man, you, you I know. I think the you, Panthers are set up to win this game, and I'm still taking those Browns. R Randy, who you got? The Browns. Oh, really? Give me, give me the Panthers. I think the Panthers are trash. I think the Browns are trash. I think the Browns defense is going to be really, really good. Do you, hey, I don't they think got all the LSU players. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you because I know the defense is good. Randy, do you think that the run game, you know, 
obviously because they don't have a big-time pass game at the moment. But do you think the run game, especially that two-headed monster, they'll still be able to be effective, especially against Carolina? Yes, I do. And I also think that eventually they're going to not play Jacoby Brissett and they're going to go to my boy Josh Dobbs and it's to the moon, boys. Uh-oh. Oh. You accidentally said Dobbs on Steelers. My bad. Is what it is. All right. I mean, he was there. It's not like I just had a complete botch. He was. No, he was. Twice, actually. So, Randy, it's a battle of two decent quarterbacks. Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Decent. Who who, who are you taking? Decent. Well, in order. Which which decent quarterback is going to win this game? In order to go 17-0, you got to win game one. Give me Justin Herbert, baby. (laughs) And I think it's even funnier, Daniel, that you do it like that because we've had the whole Herbert debate, but he loves Carr too. So it's just even I do love him. You them both decent. I do. I love them both. I mean, we're not, and our last matchup's got some real trash quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Terrible. They're awesome. They're, they're, I don't even know why they made the list, to be honest. All right, Jim, who you got? Chargers. Chargers. You know what? The I, I'm, 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 I'm really torn because. You know, you disrespect Dak Prescott with Justin Herbert all the time, Randy. And then I throw out the word that Derek Carr is a decent quarterback, and now I'm forced to pick between the two. And let me throw, because Burrow's your fantasy quarterback, one of the things that people were talking about this week was they get tired of Justin Herbert already being elevated above Joey B when Joey B has done more. Very true. So give me Derek Carr. I'm taking the Raiders. And they're they're gonna they're gonna open up their 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 West championship run with <laughs> this with this win. I love it. Randy's got nothing. Because he knows that that's not beyond the realm of possibilities. I don't know Raiders. who's gonna win the West. I don't know who's it's gonna not. win the West, man. It's, it's not out of the realm. And I love Derek Carr. If he happens to beat Justin Herbert on the way to Justin Herbert's 16 and one MVP season, <laughs> it's fine. You know, next year, the winner, the, the winner of this game is gonna be on the cover of Madden next year. Y'all know that, right? Justin that's, Herbert that's, that's, will that's what's be on the cover. No. That's Justin Herbert on. will be on the cover of Madden regardless. Look, I'm trying to think because they play each other, they all play each other. So like they're gonna have to take L's, but like I mean, because there's seven teams now. You could have four teams from one division make it. Like, how wild would that be? Because that's the division is so stacked. It some way, somehow, all four made it. That'd be crazy. Packers and Vikings. Speaking, oh. of, speaking of trash quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll go ahead and pick first. Give me the Packers. Jim, who you got? The Vikings. Oh, the Vikings, huh? Randy? I'm going to go with the Vikings, too, because I don't know. I know Aaron Rodgers. He's great, but he does not start seasons off that great. We've seen that. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins just going to get out there and just say, you know what? I'm just going to sling it all over the place. How you like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's at Minnesota. It's a, They got it as a one-point spread uh, in favor of Green Bay. So, I mean, they feel like this game's going to be as close as it can be. All right. Best for last. Randy, Cowboys or Bucks? Who are you taking? I'm Make taking, the right choice. I'm, I'm making the right choice. Give me Tom Brady and half his face for the dub. 
oh okay so there's there's no like this was all like hogwash there's nothing personal that's going to be bringing him down he's just he's turning the page and he's a competitor and he's going to get the job done let me tell you what i heard today and it made a lot of sense gary Parrish had on a dude from like nf cbs sports and they were talking about it they said you know do you think that this thing is going to be a distraction to tom brady and he said no i think the opposite he said i think this is going to give him a chip on his shoulder and it's motivation that he's looking for that he can't go back to Giselle after the season's over and say that they went, you know, eight and nine or five and 12. He's got to win all these games, not all of them undefeated, but he's got to go out and win a Super Bowl. And that starts against the Cowboys. And, and you know, hey, you know, it's Tom Brady. Come on. Right. Jim, who you got? Cowboys. Boo. Well, no, I'm taking, did, that's the first one we picked opposite on? No, Steelers, Bengals. Rams, Bills, Steelers, Bengals. Yeah. I got a couple. Jim, I think Jim's just – I don't know what Jim's doing. I don't know what his strategy is here. But I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys because for, I, want, for this, I want the Saints to win the, the NFC South, so I want the Bucks to lose every game. Gotcha. Well, I'm taking the boys. Y'all know that. No, no. I've, I've already told you guys, when it comes to the Bucks, when it comes to the Cowboys – I'll 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 cheer for both teams equally until they play each other. Then it's all it's it's all about the boys. And and I hope y'all can appreciate that. And if you don't, I don't really care. I just want to know this. Does, is CeeDee Lamb gonna eat? Is he gonna have a huge game? I honestly believe it or not, I think I think Zeke's gonna have a good year. I do too. I think he's I think he's gonna but is this the but is this the game that you would pick? Because when we talk about the the linebackers of Tampa, like this isn't the game where you expect uh, Zeke to get a lot off. Um, this is a game where I think there's going to be some un- underneath routes. I think honestly, Tony Pollard's a guy that probably might do well in in this say, kind of Just game. on the rushing attack, this is this is the game where the line the linebackers from Tampa feast. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me one game this game, I think Tony Pollard has a good chance to to have like like a, a great game. Um, but as far as the season, I think Zeke's going to have a pretty good season. I don't know if he's going to rush for a thousand yards, but I think he's going to have some touchdowns. I think he's going to be a, a bounce back from the previous year, and I think people are going to go, "All right, this this will work." So I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys, last call. Jim, what you got? You know, since we've been talking about fantasy a lot, um, two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders has announced his retirement. Um, I just want to shout my guy out as he retires because he was directly responsible one year for winning me a fantasy championship. So, shout out, Emmanuel. Get it. Get it. Randy, anything? Anything pressing? What you got? Yeah, so I know we're a sports podcast, and I don't want to bring it down, but I want to pay a little homage to Eliza Fletcher. She was the runner in Memphis that was kidnapped and murdered uh, just a few days ago last week. Um, Just really made me sad. You know, she's a mother. She was a teacher. uh, She's a wife. She's a friend, a daughter, just all these things. And to see her life come to an end when it didn't have to, it just makes me sad As, as somebody with kids somebody with a wife, somebody with sisters and mom, you know, all that stuff. So just really sad doing something that she should be able to do. She had done it forever. She runs 10 miles. She was training, doing what she wanted to do and senselessly murdered. Um, 
I don't want to talk about the specifics, but just shout out to her family. Shout out to law enforcement because they really jumped on the case fast and had this thing not wrapped up. She's never going to come back. I saw a great story. I shared it on Facebook. Jeff Calkins said there was a group of runners that was going to go finish her run. And I just thought that was awesome. And to me, that's what the city's about. Um, when things happen that are tragic, it's not going to bring anybody back that they're going to finish this run. But they said there was going to be thousands of people showing up to this run this week, um, this Friday. That's that's to me what the city is. So hopefully it turns out good for everybody. Tough, um, tough few days for the city of Memphis. But I'll say this, you know, in regards to, you know, obviously born and, and raised in Memphis, Obviously, I don't live there now, but it still holds a very big piece of my heart. But, you know, as Memphians, we have to, we got to do better. We got to be better because the simple fact is we are better. We are better than that. And one of those things is when thing, bad things happen, and it shouldn't take bad things to rally people to do good. So... I'll leave it at that, guys. Another great episode. I want to thank our guest, Quindell Johnson, for joining us. If you like hearing Quindell's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody next week. Got episode 12 coming at you. We're going to be talking Southern Miss soccer with Esmeralda Figueroa. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.